0: Everybody's losing their minds over artificial intelligence these days because it's creating models who are indistinguishable from real models. It is uh, writing articles. It is being used in some industries as a matter of routine. I saw a report the other day about how you could feed a 100-page contract into... Um, AI, and it could produce a one-page legal letter that explained everything that was in the contract. There's all kinds of stuff. And now the newest thing is sermons. You could use chat GPT to write a sermon. Here's a guy who writes them full-time. Former Uh, show host right here at News Talk 1010, now the Reverend Michael Corrin. Michael, it's nice to have you. Good morning to you. I understand you're writing about this for the Walrus. That's kind of cool.
1: Yeah, as a coincidence. They asked me about a week ago if I would write something about religion and artificial intelligence. And as you see, everyone... Everyone's talking about it, and I suspect that in a month or
0: two, nobody will be talking about it. (laughs) Okay, so what do you make of the idea of a sermon being written? I mean, certainly, um, you know, a lot of sermons are kind of predictable, and let's face it, not all prelates actually invest that much time in them.
1: Well, some of them are predictable, and in fact, some people will probably be a lot more effective and enjoyable if uh, artificial intelligence wrote their sermon. But, Look, a lot of it's about delivery. I mean, the point about a homily is it is to be delivered, uh, not to be read. I mean, you can read them. I have collections of homilies that people have written over the years. But it's inflection and enthusiasm, humor. I like to, if I can, not on every day, not Good Friday, of course, but bring a bit of humor in. You've got to get people on your side. You've you've got to convince them. There's about a 20-minute period now when that guy in the collar up there is going to say something to me. I'll just relax and maybe even go to sleep. You've got to persuade them very quickly that this is worth listening to, and there could be some quite deep content. I mean, I do a bit of you know Greek and Hebrew translation for homilies, but it's about communicating a message, and you don't always do that simply by having a list of facts in front of you. And what artificial intelligence? I mean, the point about it is artificial. That's uh, very important to remember. But the the other aspect is intelligence, not artificial emotion, not artificial connection, but artificial intelligence. So I would say when it comes to legalese, this will be transformative. But other than that, I can't see it changing very much at all, particularly in terms of of homilies and public speaking. I mean, think of Churchill and his oratory. Now, if you actually look into what he says, often there's not really very much there. But my golly, the way he said it was world
0: changing so, I mean, what do you see as the future for this? Because I have to think there might be some faith leaders who on a Friday night are thinking, oh, man, do I really have to write this? And, I, and they could just get up there and do a generic sermon generated by AI and keep moving.
1: Well, no, what they do is they go to their files and they go back and see what they, they, they said this time last year, and nobody remembers. They just give it again. I mean, at least that's what I've heard. I mean, that's the rumor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, because if they do that, the point is uh, plagiarism, uh, it will also be generated for someone else. And that's going to be a major problem with artificial intelligence. Yeah create something unique for me. That's not how it works. Create something for me and it will create, but it'll create for other people too. So they have to be very careful. You know, I say, I mean, I don't, I don't know every person in a faith community, but generally people take this pretty seriously. I've never written a homily uh on a Saturday evening. I usually have them done a week before, then I work on them a bit over the week. But we're talking about here 15 to 20 minutes usually. They shouldn't be too much longer than that. Some churches are longer. But I remember someone I was with at an evangelical church many years ago, the, the minister said, and to conclude, and the person next to me said, he's lying. And <laughs> <laughs> she was right, actually. I mean, they. they they can go on for a very long time, but I, I don't think that's the way they should be there. Look, they're part of a service, remember. And as an Anglican or as a Roman Catholic, it's part of a Eucharistic service where you're receiving the, the, the body and blood of Christ. So the, the person preaching must never be the most important. They are part of something. And they they're, they're, they're maybe a catalyst. They maybe open a door or two. But if they become the center of the whole thing, then they've failed. And again, when it comes to AI, that can be problematic because um, how you present a service, how you behave, how you convey is easily as important as what you say.
0: Well, Michael, all this reminds me of my grandfather who would put a dollar bill in one pocket and a five dollar bill in another. And since collection came after the sermon, he would make a great show if he pulled the five out.
1: (laughs) You see, often today, not really romantic, but you can do all this electronically. You can donate electronically in many churches, so, you know, not the same effect, really.
0: Michael, what a pleasure. Thanks a lot. Good to have you. Anytime. Take care. Broadcaster writer Michael Corrin, who, uh, not necessarily late in life, because he's not exactly a living antique, but certainly a late career change, has become a reverend in the Anglican Church.